Welcome into the Dadverb Podcast, where we chat about parenting from the lens of a dad. My name is Andrew, and I am joined by Ben Brown, Andrew Saunders, and a guest this week. We are joined uh, joined by George Hayworth. I just like mashed the two together. George Hayworth, uh, who himself hosts a podcast as well. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at the Present Fathers. Uh, George, do you want to give us a quick intro about you, who you are, and what dad life looks like for you, man? Yeah, I'd love to. So first of all, thanks for having me, guys. I uh, love what you're doing. And, uh, you know, dads need to connect more. I think it's much needed in our culture. So appreciate what you guys are doing. Uh, my name is George Hayworth, married 10 years. I have one daughter who's eight. Um, yeah, I co-host the Present Fathers podcast. Um, our podcast is also focused on fatherhood, um, equipping men to handle the challenges that come with being a dad and uh, prioritizing ways to be present, uh, but also dealing with the present issues of our culture. So it's kind of a dual meaning there. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. There you go, guys. So uh, if you want to add uh, another uh, dad-related podcast to your arsenal, uh, I would definitely go check his out. He co-hosts uh, with a few other guys, and uh, it might be a, a good uh, good listen uh, right after you you finish this episode. So go ahead and check that yeah, out. We'll, we we'll, like to do a sick check. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ben. What are you saying? Uh, we'll we'll make sure to uh, throw a link in the yeah. show notes as well. Yeah, so we're, we're going to have everything too. linked in the show notes so you can check out George as well as that podcast as well. But um, I think it's important to collab with other um, other guys out there. Always always want to build a, a, on this awesome growing community of of new young dads out there. So uh, let's do our sick check real quick, George. We like to uh, try to see who all is healthy, who's not <laughs> every week to see if we break the streak. I don't think Ben's in the uh daycare setup yet but um i'm gonna hope i'm gonna assume that he's healthy right now so i'm i'm we're good here we're healthy here how about you guys ben andrew healthy uh everybody's healthy on our end um yep. so we got we got one in daycare now but one about to start daycare but that's for it, now that's uh probably until the beginning of october everybody is healthy so fingers still, crossed we stay that way for a bit still healthy we're still there we go. i'm sick of packing but we are still healthy. So <laughs> George. All right. Yeah. I think unfortunately I'm going to break your streak. Um, two weeks ago, my daughter had an ear infection and as soon as hers was over, my wife got one. So I don't know how that happened, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you count that as uh, you know, breaking the sick streak there, but unfortunately, you know, my wife just feels enough. like she's right. underwater. So it's, it's the, the guests guest keep curse. ruining it for us. Yeah, I know yeah, sorry, our guest last week. Yeah. The it's, it's the second <laughs> What is wrong with you guests? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I really... Wait, the dad verb curse. Yeah, our the show, dad verb curse. As soon as we invite you, everybody gets It's like, it's like put on the front cover of the game, right? The, right, the player right. gets injured the next season. So oh, There you go. Yeah. There you go, the Madden curse. Don't oh, set him off. <laughs> so we're talking about the Jets now. Yeah. The perfect freaking segue <laughs> into just like our, our, our woes and wins for the week uh you know it's always on my end guys if you don't already know i'm a giant jets fan and started off with a ton of hope and then i just got punched square in the nuts uh when aaron Rodgers tore his achilles (laughs) the most hyped up free agent of the decade of the, the entire century for the new york jets uh that just got pissed away and um zach wilson is what our quarterback his first, his first year with the jets 11 minutes not even dude he got paid 11 minutes total he got just paid 75 million dollars to run a flag onto a field 75 million just to run, just to be a, a flag boy <laughs> and that's it so i don't know it's 
in the wrong line of work. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I really did, did not do this thing right. Literally, literally. Oh, if I was a bit I more just got to let a bunch of guys hit me for 20 years and I can make $75 million. Yeah, you can <laughs> have that and you can uh, have some CTE with that. So, you know, uh, right. but, uh, yeah. concussions along the way, it'll be fine. <laughs> Overall, we've had a, a, a tough week sports wise. Otherwise, otherwise we, we, we did have a great week. I, I forgot that. I, I do want to mention we, um, we, uh, we had to babysit our, um, our nephew for the last, uh, 48 hours. Um, and it was great to have him in the home. He really is such a sweet kid, but it was just confirmation that, uh, we, we, we are done, uh, having kids and we don't need to go up to four. <laughs> we were going to finish with three and because the adding a fourth bro, it's like it already takes you so much time to get out of the house because there's so much to pack. You got to get rid of everyone's water bottle. Everyone needs freaking water bottles now. And it's just like there's just so much. But adding one more. Oh, dude, it is like it's it's a lot of work. Big families. Props to those parents, man. I, yeah. I'm not built for it. I'm not built for it. Anyway, um, I'll kick it over to you guys. Any 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 woes and or wins of notes? If not, we can move on. Let me know. I got a good win. Back to your uh, doing the dad stuff. I actually got all the brakes changed on all my cars this weekend That's in terms stuff. of like nice. the, I didn't take it to Jiffy Lube. I didn't. Right. Now, I will admit I had somebody else balance the tires. I had somebody else rotate the tires. I had somebody else do the alignments. <laughs> and while they were there and had them up on the rack, they did change the oil. But I did 12 sets of brakes. And Oof. it's kind of one of those like, yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you like props, man. I've never, I've never do, attempted you get to do it, man so. stuff. I, well, it, what's funny is I sent you that text like, and I had that whole line of like, do you want lessons typed up? And I never hit send until I checked for my text <laughs> message for that. And I was like, oh, it would have been a lot funnier. <laughs> 24 <laughs> hours later, go. <laughs> oh, man. So. <clears throat> Nah, George, anything? I have uh, a highlight too. Oh, sick! Yeah, Let's hear it. yeah, I've got a highlight. So it was uh, it was my birthday yesterday. Ooh, um, oh, happy and birthday! I was actually at a conference happy all birthday, week man. and got home. And uh, my daughter had made a custom card that she drew for me and everything. You know, happy birthday, dad, and stuff. And yeah, so I don't know if you're listening and your kids aren't at that age yet. Just prep for that, dads. It's like the best feeling in the world when you're you know she'll go take a ton of time and. Uh, you know, make you a personalized little birthday card. It'll be the best card you get. So, and then my <laughs> wife baked me like a personal custom cake from scratch and everything. So I, I felt pretty loved when I got home from the conference. And uh, you know, those are <laughs> those are the little moments that like it's the best thing about being a dad. You know, and yeah, uh, I'm you'll never I'm, forget those moments. So, dude, you know it's funny. I uh, all right, now we're all it's jealous. My birthday Let's next move week. on. <laughs> no, it's my it's my so it's my birthday next week, and Happy we're almost I, birthday. I, I'm no joke. I love the cards and stuff like that that they make. Like I I, I keep them all, mm-hmm. um, and they're organized. And I have a note. I always write like the exact date and year, and to and to see the progress over the years of how the drawings have evolved and how the messaging has evolved and how the letters, uh, in the has evolved. It's 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 really cool to see. Uh, so um, I'm right there yeah, with this you, man. one. She got my age right. Last time she added a decade to my age, so this time she got it right. Uh, all the words oh, are spelled man. perfectly this time, so it's That's a little awesome. sad, actually. I kind of miss the misspelled words, say, you know? I'm like, I, oh, yeah. Oof, oh, she's getting old now. Like, yeah, is she, she getting old or is she getting smart stuff. enough to ask mom how to spell it properly? That's <laughs> 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 right? that might be it. Like, what's the what's the correlation that occurred yeah. this year? Maybe yeah. both. Maybe it's uh, both. 
<laughs> oh man oh guys you know what we failed to do i failed to, to even mention what we're going to be talking about in this episode of the top of the episode so let me get you to give give the <laughs> listeners a quick surprise well let me just get give the listeners just a quick run of show here and then we'll dive right in right so we're going to be talking about mindful parenting right strategies for staying uh present and calm during chaos uh we're, we're going to talk uh, talk about uh body autonomy for kids uh that can be um a fun one to open up we'll get into some discord comments uh and then close things out with our five-star review uh but let's 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 dive into our first topic here uh and let's let's start with ben and i, I do want to know before this is our second take trying to record this because uh i messed up, and george too not just me uh we had the wrong mic selected and it sounded horrible <laughs> so um this is this this, this is gonna again. be a much better go do it again <laughs> but no, ben let's uh, let, let's kick it off to you man let's uh let, let's yeah let's get this first topic started here yeah so um yeah i'll say you know kind of on the podcast i think um as i've gotten older and as i had kids i, I feel like i've kind of fallen into this world of um you know like kind of crunchy hippiness where i'm just like all right we got to be like present in the moment we need to be present with each other and all of this but i go back to it i'm like there's so much that changes when you have kids about your perspective and i think one of the biggest things that you see or that you start to understand is you're literally as soon as your kid is born you are looking at the next generation you are looking at your own replacement right so when i'm gone they're still here and what you start to understand is that my time on earth is finite um the time i get to spend with them is finite the time i get to spend with other people that i care about is finite Mm -hmm. And so it places a much bigger priority on making sure that that time is well spent, right? And I'm not missing things because I'm distracted by the phone in my hand or I'm distracted by the TV or I'm not, I am so in my head thinking about other things that I am not there in the moment trying to enjoy that time, right? Even if it's just drawing a picture, watching a movie, you know, cooking with your kids, whatever it is. Um, or even your spouse, like this extends to everybody in your, in your circle that you really care about. And so, you know, one of the things we try to work through is like, how do we get to that point where we are fully immersed in that moment? We're not being distracted. Um, it's something that I think is for me personally, I know as a constant work in progress, I'm always, you know, as a content creator, I'm always, you know, looking at my phone, engaging on social media, answering comments and questions. Um, and I think when your kids at a, at a very early age start to notice, um, you know, when dad picks up his phone while he's playing with me or dad, you know, checks the score of the game while he's playing with me or whatever. And you'll see, you know, you pick your phone up, you lo- watch your kid the next time you do it and you'll watch their eyes kind of dart down to your phone um, and then kind of look back up at you and see, you know, is this thing going to be more important than me? Um, yeah. You know, I'll never forget like when my kid walked up to me at one point and, and looked at me and he, he calls my phone, my phone. Um, and he just, he put his hand on it and said, daddy, can you put your phone down? And I was like, Oh, and it says, it sounds like I'm making the story up, but like this, I mean, it's, we have a three-year-old. Um, and as soon as he asked me that, I was like, just a gut punch of like, I am not paying attention to what I need to pay attention to. Um, and so what I want to do is kind of, you know, pose it to the group. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff we can do to try and 
live a less distracted life and focus on the things that are important. Um, but what do you guys do? What have you worked on? Um, you know, what tools are you using? What sort of approach are you using to help you stay more present in the moment and, and focus on the things that matter? You know, I, I'll, I'll just say real fast, this is something that I feel like I'm actively still trying to figure out. Cause I'm in a stage right now where like, you know, as a, a video content creator or whatever, like work is uh, always at a, like a very stressful state. Right. And I feel, and you know, when you're do, working in your own business, you feel like a slave to it. And in a way that's like another child. And I, and I know this about myself. I feel like sometimes I elevate that child to the highest level, even more than my kids. And it's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, but it's like, if I'm not working, then I'm not making money and I need to provide for it. Do it. If I want my kids to eat and, and to live in this house, I got to keep working. Right. But, and then it's like, well, at what cost? Right. But I start to realize like over time, especially as my youngest, I mean, as my oldest, he's six now, especially as just to see how rapidly he's growing and how much I'm like, I could be missing out with him. Like, well, the cost is actually extremely high. Like if I continue to do this, this is not good. I'm, I'm really losing out a lot. And our youngest, like, she, it's you could tell where our priorities are based off of what she gravitates to she knows how important a phone is she knows how important the remote is and she just always gravitates to it super fast because she just knows that that's where all of our attention is really focused the remote and the phone right yeah. and um and in some cases like oh it's kind of funny but like it's also a little bit sad you know it's like where are our priorities is it always on the remote and the phone like damn so um that's a really hard thing when you start to like really wrap your head around that um, how we go about dealing with it is something that I'm still honestly trying to figure out because it's like, man, I, I feel like my, my mind is being pulled so many ways, but you know, I feel like it, you know, like, like a health scare or something like that. That's when like those moments are like, you like really pull out and you look at the macro and you're like, jeez, mm -hmm. man, what yeah, really so matters? Can, every dad listening to this can kind of do it for themselves. You don't need a health scare, um, to mm -hmm. count how many birthdays you have left. <laughs> Yeah. Count how many Christmases you have left. That number is very small. Like for me, I'm at 10 now. I get 10 more. That's it. Yeah. She'll be 18 and mm -hmm. out of the house. And uh, eight years old isn't very old, really. But then when you count that number, it's like, man, that's not that many left. And like even my wife today, she said the exact same thing. She's like, man, we only get 10 more. And like today, her last front tooth fell out. Uh, you know, so she's like, she, there will be no more front teeth falling out for baby teeth, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like yeah. that stuff really puts it in perspective. So, if, mm -hmm. you know, for me, um, maybe you need to start a little bit more philosophically, like what really matters to you, you know, mm. and like what uh, Ben was talking about, right? The legacy you're going to leave behind. Um, you know, you're raising the next generation. You only get one shot. So for this 18 years, you get them at home. Like this should be job number one. It's the most important work you're ever going to do in your life. And if you mess it up, it it can extend for generations, right? So you, like dads need to take that seriously from the get go. I think a lot of guys are kind of just going through the motions cave elsewhere do not cave on being a dad um yeah. i think is how we got to where we are in a lot of cases across our country um so that's the philosophical so philosophical side if you want to get tactical um you need to put things down on your calendar for a lot of guys we you know make a google calendar keep it simple something that's going to help you track time if you have a lot of kids a tool that works i know for several friends too is um they make like a, a public family like it's just a simple excel sheet or whatever some blocks for mm -hmm. You know, hey, Timmy gets this day, Sally gets that day, you know, whatever, pick the pick the flow. 
And then that way your kid has like a date just with you that they can look forward to and they can pick the activity and um, it'll help you to also prioritize like telling others no so that you can make your kid priority. Um, but yeah, you only get a few chances in, in the grand scheme of things of your life. Your time with your kids is pretty limited. You know, um, so being very intentional about things up front sets you up for success. So especially if you're a brand new father, man, I wish I would have learned this stuff eight years ago. You know, I, I learned yeah. a lot of it too late, unfortunately. So that's why I'm pretty passionate about help, you know, trying to help other dads have that perspective because, you know, you don't want to look back and, and regret missed years. So. Yeah, no, Georgie, you yeah, make a really that's, good that's point. That's something there, I want to touch on. Being- Oh, I'm sorry. I, I guess I'm a, I'm a super yeah, lag. I'm so sorry. anyone who's listening, we're going to be talking over each other a little <laughs> bit here there. So apologize in advance. I sorry, think the lag is actually from me. So I apologize for that. Ben, I'm, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to go Kanye. I'm going to let Dude, you finish. No uh, worries. But uh, on Georgia's note, um, I, uh, I fully agree. Being much more intentional with your time. And this is something that I guess like I didn't realize that I do, but I do. Uh, every month, uh, because it's three kids, it's really hard to like find that dedicated time for each. But every month, uh, we just did it too. Um, with Henry, uh, you go uh, and and we have like a day date with with one with Henry, one with Colin, one with Sienna, and I like mm-hmm. it's their time. Uh, because even bedtime, like I used to have that 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 those nights where I can like have one kid. I would just be my night with Henry, my night with Colin. Now they share a room, and then we split it up. Henry and Colin and Sienna on on that on that night. So it's like I don't get that one on one time, but I really want to have those relationships. So just like today, we went and we picked up Pokemon cards. Right, I'm always we're gonna find a way to insert Pokemon into an episode. Right. Uh, we went and got Pokemon cards, uh, <laughs> Happy Meal with Henry, uh, just me and him. So, um, and he got to sit in the front seat of the car. We ate, we listened to music, and that's a revolving thing. But um, yeah, that's I. That's a, a, a thing that I didn't even think. I'm like, oh, we do that, but it's because yeah. it's for me. It's for my health. But Ben, go ahead, man. Yeah, it's it's something that you don't particularly think about. I think so, especially with our first, when it was just my wife and I and one kid, it's much easier to be intentional about your time, right? Like there's only one kid. They always get all of your attention. They always get, you know, all of you. As soon as you add a second kid into the mix, especially an infant, they need so much time, attention, effort, support, even if it's just, you know, change diaper, feed, go to sleep, clean up, feed. You know, that infant schedule is a grind for everybody, right? Like it's you're going to be exhausted. You're not getting any sleep. And who's going to suffer on the other end, right? Like you are physically and probably a little bit mentally, but your other kid, too. And so one of the things there's there's two kind of big things that we try to do, and I guess three, right? So as George mentioned, like picking a day where, um, you know, one of the kids will go with grandma. So like you know, Rory will go with my mom and then our son Lincoln comes with just him and uh, mom and myself and we'll do a day. So like we took a Friday off from work and we would go to a movie, we would go play mini golf and he would get to pick like the entire day just for him. Some, and that's something we can only do every now and then something we do that's a little bit smaller is my wife and I will try to rotate and we'll say, okay, there's going to be one-on-one time at some point during the day. Now, with him going to daycare, like I have both kids in the morning, and then we only get to see them for you know a couple hours at night when we're off of work and coming home then between dinner and all that stuff. And so what we'll try to do is make sure there's at least a like 15 to 30-minute block where one of us 
goes off one-on-one with one of the kids. So we'll either go off, one of us will go off with the baby, one of us will go off with our son, the other one will, you know, cook dinner, clean, do sort of general house stuff, um, while the other one focuses exclusively on that one child to get that, like, special time with them. And then there's a, a concept I heard... I think it was on another podcast or or in an Instagram post or something that they call golden hour. And it's this idea that if you have kids, you do dinner as a family always. So as much as you possibly can, you do dinner as a family, the hour after dinner between dinner and like bath, bedtime, all that stuff, one parent and it rotates, one parent will take the kid or kids out to play, do some kind of physical activity, play outside, play board games, whatever it is, while the other parent does, you know, kitchen cleanup, kind of tidying up for the end of the night so that then everybody can do bedtime, bath time together and kind of wind down the evening. And then that rotates between, you know, mom and dad. So like one night mom gets it, one night dad gets it, but it gives you that intentional focus time with yeah. you know your kid or kids which makes them feel valued and and understood and like they are a very important not if not the most important part of your life. Yeah, I on that I it's that funny is a really good tactic. I I always give my kids their baths. Like that's like me because um usually uh you know, we'll 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 split the cooking duties but like my wife, she like, she's like all touched out and burned out for the day. And she does not want to like, just, she needs yeah. like a time to herself and she prefers to listen to a podcast and clean up while I take the kids upstairs and all three of them, I give them baths. Like, that's just like my thing with them um, yeah. on that note. It's, and, and that's just another way where, cause like I have limited time with them throughout the day. So that's one way where like, that's mine. At least that's my sliver where I can like be with them every single day. Um, and it, they're crazy throughout bath time, but you know, it's, it's my moment. With them, so it's cool. It's cool. There's also, um, as they get older too, uh, you know, especially like teenage years, they're probably not going to want to spend as much time with you. They're going to go out their friends and stuff. So it gets, there's, you know, it gets harder obviously to, to bake in like, Oh, everyone's going to get together and watch a movie or something. Yeah. Um, there's a, you can get like really basic, like question cards. So, you know, when you're just around the house and you all happen to be there, you can grab one and, you know, Hey, Hey son, ask that. So I know a lot of friends who use that. Mm. Uh, with older kids so that's kind of something to look forward to in the future Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think that last one where you kind of make sure that you can end the day together is huge ben with that suggestion so that's it's a really good one um we do a lot of family walks we'll just take a quick little 15 20 minute 30 walk 30 minute walk around the neighborhood um and that's just again some some real good time where there's no phones we're just out in nature a little bit um you know the fresh air as a family and so maybe the time isn't very long, but I think fight for that time, um, no matter how busy you're getting. And, you know, if, you, if you're in a season where, Andrew, you were talking about it, you know, I'm running a business, I've got to make sure the family eats, have that conversation. You know, if your kids are old enough too, you can say, hey, look, dad, daddy's going to have to work really hard for the next three weeks or whatever, but afterwards we're going to go do our favorite activity. So, you know, they, they start to work with you on that pretty early too. Um, I have to travel pretty frequently. Um, I'm actually leaving tomorrow morning very early for work. And, uh, you know, my, my daughter obviously gets upset, but I just, I try to tell her in advance to, Hey, when I get home, we're going to go do this. And then I, I'm good on my word. Um, don't go back on your word with your kids. But so depending on where you are in life and and what season you're in, right. It may be a season where you're building something and you're going to have to work really hard for it. That's not bad. That doesn't mean you're failing as a dad. I think a lot of feel guilty sometimes about 
you know, having a longer vision. And sometimes that means a little bit of sacrifice up front. If that's where you're at, don't, you know, don't completely crush yourself on that. Just fight for the little bit of time you can get and make it intentional and make it purposeful. Think outside the box and then study your kids too, right? Every kid is going to have a different personality. They're going to, they're going to value different things. And so if you can speak their language on what really makes them feel valued, it may only be an hour, but they're going to just, they'll light up from it. Right. And they're going to remember that hour when they get older. Um, Mm. that that's what fatherhood's about. Um, well, that is, uh, I guess I'll look at this. Well, I'll say, I guess I, so I have the benefit, I guess, of working from home along with my wife. So mm-hmm. all day, every day, we're splitting duties with the kids. I mean, I cook. My wife doesn't cook. So when she makes the kids food, it's like what Eggo waffles, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eggo waffles and peanut butter. Um, so I get like the day-to-day stuff will be useful if I ever have to actually go back to the office or my wife has to go back to the office. But like my buddy... He schedules one-on-ones. It's a weird, like, mm-hmm. you hear it in the business world, like, we need to have a one-on-one meeting. He actually schedules one-on-ones with all seven of his kids so that they get yeah, an event and a point. moment and a day um, with dad, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it gets great. They get to pick stuff. They're on the calendar, like, and we, we slash he slash I say we because we're the larger aunt and uncle, like, right, the family mm-hmm. you chose, attend almost all the games and the the events, and they're all on this giant shared calendar. And if you look at it, you're like, this is ridiculous. It is booked solid. It, it, like, if you go day by day, there's just something every day, right? But when you dig into the nuts and bolts, it's not every kid every day. It's one kid about once a week. But for me, I just learned how to shut off notifications on my phone. Mm-hmm. So the only time I get an update of what's going on is when I when I pull it out of my pocket. And a lot of times that doesn't happen because I'm too busy doing something else. Um, and that was that was hard because prior to kids, I got a notification every minute, like something was dinging or buzzing or chat room or email mm-hmm. or ooh a coupon from the favorite sporting goods store. Right? They were just always coming in and as soon as i learned i can shut those off like that i don't have to say yes when an app says do you want to allow notifications that was huge just to gain back that little that's a big thing too like a lot of people don't realize notification a lot of people don't realize that like uh, if you have an iphone you can set up different focus modes right yeah and so when i got my newest phone i actually went through and set up this focus mode called family time and Mm -hmm. so as soon as that goes on the only notifications I'll get are like if my mother texts me or like somebody in the family that's like, I, I need to know that they're texting me or trying to get a hold of me or whatever it is, because if they are, it's important. Yeah. Um, but it mutes all other notifications from different groups, from different social media platforms, any of that. So I don't see it until that goes back off after the kids go to bed. Yeah. We, um, yeah, that comes back to intentionality, right? You, you have the vision ahead of time. Right. To set yourself up for success. Well, you can even schedule them. Like, so with my phone, I've set it scheduled so that at certain hours, it just, nope, it's evening, like business text messages don't count anymore. I don't, I don't care. Like the world can burn down and you can there attack was a, the server later. <laughs> there was yeah. an actual study done about like the impact of a phone on like, uh, with like emotions. And, um, there was like a, a, a large percentage drop in stress levels 
when the phone was placed, simply put, just like placed outside of the same room that the person is in. And there's like this statistical like drop in in stress. And for a time, my wife and I, we need to do this again. But I, it was, you know, just the grind hours, right? From like 4 to 7 p.m., like 4 to bedtime. I guess it's 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 a tough time. Um, uh, and we would, for a time there, we, we would just put our phones by this butler's pantry, which is kind of like a side next to our mm-hmm. kitchen. And we just like set it there. So just there was just true no distraction. It was just family time. Um, so because you know we were on our phones all day, uh, and that that was actually you know that's in thinking about that that's I don't know why we dropped off probably because we're addicts, uh, but there's um there's a good there was a good thing behind that, and it's something that we should probably do because it'll really bring the focus back to family. I mean, b- before we leave this, I want to go with we've been talking about the macro side of staying calm and present and. What about the micro? Like, there is that moment when the world is going insane, right? You've got two oh, yeah. kids. They both have dirty diapers. They're both screaming. Your wife is losing it because she's on the phone for something that cannot be dropped. And it's like, okay, what do I do next? Right? And there's that moment where you have to go, okay, dirty yeah. diaper first, dirty diaper second, yeah, food for the kid, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And for me, I, I actually have to, like, take a step back, take a breath. And then just go, what are the problems and how do I attack them? And kind of like make a checklist. But yeah. dude, I, I know, is that what everybody does? Does some of you just go no. into a room, handle that room and go to the next one? Like what's the dude? It just happened to me yesterday. It sucks. No. So I, this, and it sucks particularly with a person with like ADD where like, there's a, like, I'm not talking like, Oh, I have ADD. Like, like a legitimate, like it's a, there's a brain chemistry problem. Like yesterday, we you know we were managing mm-hmm. four kids. My daughter, she was in the car. She was crying really bad. She threw up all over herself, right? And one kid really has to pee. The other kid really, really wants water. And the other kid is just screaming because kid. And um, so we have to like, <laughs> and and then like, my, and my wife is like managing one, and then I manage the other. And I'm like, okay. And then I and then I notice I'm like, wait, why are there so many damn ants inside of the garage? And they're all attacking a bunch of the goldfish. And I look around. I'm like, yo, there's we have like an ant problem and, and there's like, Oh, they're all over the place. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I automatically want to solve that. But I'm like, yo, my daughter has puke all over her. So, okay, that's one. And it, you just, it's just <laughs> one thing where I just, I, my wife and or my wife will just check with me. She's like, I got this, I got this, I got this. I'm like, all right, I got this, this, and this. And it's for Checklist. me, it's just a communication thing. It's a communication thing. I have this, mm-hmm. I have that. And then we just manage it. And then you quickly in the span of a second are able to prioritize on a list and you just tackle that list real quick. But for me, it's just communicating with my wife because I'm not doing it alone. You know, it's, she mm-hmm. is my partner in all this and um, making sure that I have her back. She has mine. That's where I draw a lot of my strength and my ability to kind of manage tasks um, where I can, she trusts me to get what I need to, uh, to do whatever we need to, whatever I need to do and, and, and vice versa. And we just do it together. Um, but it's a quick little communication thing in the midst of all the screaming. <laughs> that's, that's the micro and, picture for me. And George, you've, you've got a background in the military, right? So this is this to me, everybody I've ever met or worked with or, or is in my life who's in the military. Like this is kind of military one oh one of like, yeah, <laughs> you're going to get into situations where everything is chaotic and you have to control what you can control. And so what are some, you know, tools, ideas, concepts that, that you guys 
use there that you found like applicable to the the chaos of raising kids? Do, do you guys just forget that I was in the Navy? Like, is that is that just I did going actually over your completely head? forgot it. There. All right, yeah. just checking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, but now I'll remember. <laughs> I'm gonna go with my Navy hat and the, wear the big, it. Every the time big reminder now. for me is like you need to I put your whole ear beard, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, I gotta put your, the, uh, yeah, yeah. all your medals and everything. No, um, no. So actually, yeah, I learned some of that in the military, of course. Um, but I think um, I call it maintaining frame, kind of stoicism. But it's not just completely like you shut down. Um, a friend, a good friend of mine does coaching. He talks about being a lighthouse. Well, lighthouse stands firm against the storm, but also shines light on like what's not working. Right. So, uh, it guides and directs in addition to just being firm to the storm. So in that example, like, you know, puke on the baby, that's obviously priority number one, just, you know, and then what my my wife and I try to do a lot is we just laugh about the chaos sometimes, you know, like we had a very similar story one time where she had to drop me off at the airport and like, or we were going to the airport to go visit our family. And she, the, the kid threw up in the car, like two minutes from the airport. So we're like, oh my gosh, what do we do with this like stinky, you know, car seat? And we're gonna have to leave it in the Texas heat while we're gone. And oh. <laughs> just laugh about it. I mean, so, sometimes that's all you can do, you know. Um, but yeah. in, in in the day to day, I think where where most men go wrong is we let the emotion of the situation really get to us, and then mm-hmm. we lash out with anger or you know something. We're and we're not happy. Yeah. You know, as soon as you do it too, you're like, ah, you know, yeah, and, like, and we've all done it multiple times. So the more I've like studied and learned how to maintain frame in those moments and like take that little pause and just be like, okay, sucks, but I'm going to do this, this, and this, and then, you know, we're going to laugh about it. And you know, I don't really have like a, a huge, you know, tactical outline I can give you for every single yeah. situation because it's always different. <laughs> right. Um, but I think just kind of understanding that you have to like remind yourself that, uh, it's just temporary, you know, and, mm-hmm. and no one's dying you know, in most cases, right? Like just, it's just puke. It's just poop mm-hmm. in a diaper or whatever, right? It's not, there's, the limbs aren't missing, but even if they were, right? Like what you need to think clearly, oh, I need to put a tourniquet on or something like I need to call 911, mm-hmm. like I need to take action. So the more you can kind of condition yourself to just being action and solution focused for your kids and for your wife, and you can stay calm and then you can just kind of get to it and pop to it. Um, Early on, I was very bad about kind of controlling my emotions. I would get real heated and real intense. Mm-hmm. And normally what your family needs is to is they need calm and mm-hmm. for you to kind of bring down the chaos through your yeah. uh kind of just presence, you know? And if and if you hone yourself on that and really like reflect on, okay, how did I handle that situation? It'll just become more natural. So I I've really grown in that area over the years. Um through just kind of being thinking about it more and that it sounds kind of lame but i think a lot of times we don't want to analyze ourselves Mm -hmm. because it's messy and then you're like oh you know i don't i don't want to revisit that time i (laughs) messed up but by doing Mm -hmm. that it gives you the perspective you need so hopefully that answered your question no you you do have to have that kind of that 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 like kind of um that foresight well not the foresight but to be able to go back and kind of analyze that because we are leaders in our home right and our kids will model their behaviors based off of how we react in certain situations. Right. And I remember, I remember the first time we had our like 3am puke wake up call. It's always about puke, man. Um, and you know, in that moment, it's just like, what the, what do we do? Like, what, what happened? Why did you do this? You know? Uh, but then you're like, okay, mm-hmm. no, 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 let's, let's forget about like what's happening. Like our kids are in a bit of distress. He's sick. We got to get things clean, but we also have to make sure our kids. So like, you know, I remember the first time it was just very chaotic. What the hell are we doing and all that stuff? 
But then when we kind of go back and, and my wife and I were like, all right, next time I'll do this, I'll do that, you know? And then we kind of, like I said, that's just how we overcome our, our struggles is just communicate with each other. But, you know, getting yourself in this uh, or understanding yourself and, and really kind of putting yourself in check uh, and, and how you react in certain situations is actually really, really important not just for us as parents, but for our kids, right? Because they really, mm-hmm. they do watch. They watch you. They watch how you talk. They watch how you, how you react. Um, well, and, and they're, you know, what is it? The, your children are, the children are their mirror of their parents. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, well, it's, it's really, oh, go ahead, man. I say you're alluding to that scary piece where your daughters always marry a copy of you, right? And... I mean, if you're angry, yelling and throwing stuff all around all the time, like, is that the guy you really want your daughter to marry? Like, oh, yeah. oh, that's that's a scary thought. Right. And yeah. it, as much as every daughter grows up to be her mother. Right. I think it it very much plays into you have to show the support. I have two daughters, so this is very dad daughter focused. Yeah. But um, for me. A lot of times this chaos is mom having an emotional moment because she's overwhelmed for pick a reason today, right? There are lots of them. She has two kids under two. I'm not going to fault her for any of them, but it's me being able to step in and just go, okay, let's just solve the problem. Like, let's not get all worked up. And then everybody calms down, right? Mom gets a hug. The girls stop crying. Problems gets resolved. And it, it really is staging down the chaos by just being not not emotional about it if that Mm -hmm. like that sounds terrible but the calm aspect right being the calm safe center and Mm -hmm. i look at that and i go i hope that's the part that my girls are seeing that they find in their perspective partners in the future right the guy who can come in be calm and handle the situation for them if they can't right. do it themselves. Couple, couple <laughs> things, like, if I may. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's a dialogue. Okay. Uh, so like you were saying, um, yeah, if you have daughters, you need to be extremely intentional, again, about how you treat your wife, how you interact with her, how you handle stress, because you're literally conditioning her for what she will expect in a man when she's older, right? She's going to date the guy deep down. It's what It's what's modeled. She's going to think that's normal or not, right? So if you hold yourself to a very high standard, you manage these situations really well, you treat your wife really well, she's going to expect that. She's not going to go mess around with a guy who's going to treat her poorly because she expects better herself, right? Um, number two, a couple really tactical things about calming. Uh, Andrew Huberman, Dr. Andrew Huberman talks about uh, there's mm-hmm. a breathing technique where you so you take a huge, big inhale, and then one tiny one, just to squeak out what little bit of air you can. And then slowly breathe it all out. If you do that in the moment of like, oh, I'm, I'm about to snap type of thing, it floods your brain and lungs with as much oxygen as possible. And it naturally calms down the entire body. So a lot of times when we get worked up, it's actually a physiological response. It's not in our head. And then mm-hmm. we lose it mentally because the, the physical is, is like overhyped yeah. and overstimulated. You're so another thing you do too is when your kids age a little bit where they're like big enough for you to hug and stuff. Um, you know, not holding your arms, you can actually wrap your arms around them so that they can also wrap their arms around your torso and slowly breathe in and out together. 
and it stimulates the vagus nerve response. And I've started doing this with my daughter since I learned this like two months ago. And uh, you can do it with your wife too. <laughs> it is like an absolute cheat code. When my my daughter, her emotions are so intense and so big. And I'll just like, come here, honey. And we just do five breaths together. And I'm like, you feel better? And she's like, yeah, okay. Let's get yeah. this math problem done now. You know, like whatever the thing was, is it's not a big scary monster anymore. Um, and I've done it with my wife too. If we're, if we're talking about something like, hang on, let's, let's pause. We're getting a little heated. Do the breath thing. There's just yeah. something about it. It like completely... Yeah. Andrew Huberman. He's a, he's a pretty famous guy on like cold plunging and all these other like biohacking type things. But if you yeah. Google or like YouTube a clip, he's got like a 60 second clip where he talks about doing the deep breath thing. It's got a name. I forget, but yeah. I've, I've started doing that too. Like if I'm getting stressed, I just, the one that I always liked was the, uh, the special forces did the four seconds in, four seconds out breathing technique to, yeah. to keep calm and stressful. And it, as soon as I learned that information, I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. And then when I when I do, I feel myself getting out. It's like, okay, just count to four. And it's the same as take a deep breath, count to ten, right? It's the yeah. same physiological yeah. response, but it, it went, oh. Okay, that seems more masculine than you're angry. Count to ten, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah I think when, when had... you're stressed out or whatever, you naturally take shorter breaths and you deplete yeah. oxygen, right? So you're naturally less capable of making good decisions, whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, and I you... think we talked we touched on this in a, a previous episode at one point where we um so like my son is is very similar to, da- to your daughter, but he's three, right? So he has like whip smart kid but he has super intense emotions. Like he just feels stuff really deeply and really intensely. And he has no mechanism to control it because he's three. And so I, I challenged myself with this idea, right? Where it's like, we don't spank in our house. Like we just, it's just not a thing that we think is like effective. Like spanking him is not going to help. Um, and so when I felt myself getting to a point with him where my mind tipped over into if I could just spank him, right? Like I would somehow feel better. When I tipped into that, I was challenging myself to actually make like physical contact with him. So like give him a hug, hold him in some regard. And it goes back to that idea of co-regulation, right? So if we can make that physical connection, take a couple of deep breaths, 99% of the time that will start to diffuse the situation enough where we can actually have a conversation and kind of figure out what's going on or at least get him back to a point where he can use his words again, instead of just like making noises at me because he's so frustrated or feeling, um, you know, so many emotions. And so that, that idea of co-regulation, like I had never tried that with like a spouse before. Um, but I think like recently we did that where we just like got in this like really intense, moment and i was just like you know what like let's just like come here like just hug me let's just stand here for a second figure this out and like within 30 seconds both of us felt so much better we were able to like get back to a place where we could actually have a meaningful and productive conversation and i remember like growing up thinking how much of this stuff just sounded like like just stuff for hippies like nobody needs this like this is crazy nobody needs to understand this but how valuable it is in building those deeper emotional connections with your partners and your kids. You know, we did, you're right. We did chat about this 
briefly uh, in a previous episode. Um, and uh, the thing that I remember doing, I think we mentioned it before, is like, you know, in times where my child is just like, or one of my kids are just, they're just heavy crying. You don't know what to do. It's just in a weird, just in a tough frame of mind. The one thing I'll do is I won't even say anything. I'll just get on their level and I'll just open my arms and just embrace them and not say a word. And that alone is just a a big helpful thing. Um, but um, back to Dr. Andrew Huberman, I'm 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 on YouTube. I'm I'm like going through and I just found a video. I'll drop a link to you guys. Um, it's uh, he's got breathing techniques to reduce stress. I think it's a really cool thing. Um, to for anyone to watch, I'll drop it in the show notes for uh for anyone who's listening. This is this is actually really cool. I before we move on, I do want to say one thing though. The um, you know, when we're talking, it's really I mean, we're all even headed right now. We're you know we're good to go, but in in actual situations, we're not going to make the right decision. We're not going to make the right breathing move. We're not we're, you know we're we might yell. You know, if, if there's we're not going to take the right approach in that moment. So I think the another big thing to you know, especially us as guys is to acknowledge when we've made a mistake to our kids and say, you know, go back and like, I'm sorry, I I was wrong about that. You know, I think that's a, uh, at least for me, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a tough thing to acknowledge that like, I approached that situation wrong because I'm dad, you know, like I don't do anything wrong. Like I'm, you know, for, to them, I do no wrong. I never, you know, I, I'm, I don't break down. Um, but to acknowledge that. I, I wouldn't say it's a weakness, uh, but to acknowledge that, you know, mistake, that, that misstep, that fault, I think is an extremely powerful example for our children to, uh, to acknowledge that, you know, in that moment we didn't do the right thing, but, but, you know, it, to, to reconnect and, and open up, I think is a really strong thing to do as men. Uh, cause that's, that's a part of, of leading as a family. Um, so, uh, yeah, you must, uh, you must make amends. Yes, because otherwise you're a tyrant, right? Yes, that's not leadership. You're a tyrant if you never admit your faults uh, and make amends yes. with your kids. One hundred percent. So let's uh, let's kind of move down here. Um, we were gonna chat about <laughs> happier topic, please. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, this this is what it is, man. This is what it is. Um, so yeah. Ben, do you do you kind of want to kick off the the next topic here? Um, and then we'll um, and then we'll move on to uh, our show notes. Said that we're going to thank our sponsor, but <laughs> don't have one yet. So if anyone has a uh, still without someone one. that wants 20, to slide in right there, no sponsor. There you go. <laughs> Anywho, pause for a break from mom. <laughs> Not melon. Right. I lost our show notes. What's our next topic? <laughs> oh, we're gonna be talking about bod- <laughs> bodily oh, autonomy. Bodily autonomy. That's what, all right. That's lost go. the show notes. We don't I, have a sponsor. I promise. The show is chaos, profe- people. It's just I promise chaos. we're professionals. Um, Take a deep yeah, breath. Breathe, breathe yeah, guys. So there you go. <laughs> just who has the worst sinuses? <laughs> All right, so <laughs> let's let's talk about bodily autonomy. So, um, this is something I've been I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like, I don't come from a big family. Uh, my wife comes from a big family, um, so there's there's a lot of you know hugs and kisses and and lots of like physical contact right between the adults, right? But we're adults; we make that choice. I never really thought about this until I had kids and started to think about how do I teach them uh, 
what's okay? Like what boundaries can they set about their own bodies, especially at a young age? Because I think, you know, we're ingraining that from birth up until, you know, they're actually autonomous and they are, you know, in full control of their own body. So how do we as parents, and I think it's a really important topic, start to give them the space and hold those boundaries for bodily autonomy. And I think when we think about this, a lot of times you think about them being at school or with teachers or with friends or, you know, what do you allow? What do you not? Is like a handshake okay if they're okay with it? Is a hug okay if they're okay with it? Is a kiss on the cheek okay if they're okay with it? But I think this is, this actually even extends to family, right? And this is something that can be really hard to accept for a lot of people. Um, and it's hard as a parent to even set that boundary, especially if it's somebody you really care about, like, you know, your, your parents or aunts, uncles, people you've known your entire life who at a family gathering, walk up to your kid and like, come give your aunt a hug, come give your aunt a kiss or your uncle a kiss, you know, whatever it is. And your kid doesn't want to go. They freeze up and they cling to your leg for, for safety, right? How do you handle that situation when an aunt, uncle, family member, close friend or whatever may say, oh, they're just being shy and they walk over and like force a hug on your kid, force a kiss on the cheek, whatever that is. How do we then mm. start to set those boundaries and have those conversations to say, look, this is what we think is acceptable and what we think isn't. And it's not up to us as parents to tell you what that child's boundaries are going to be. Right. It's up to them to decide and for us to support it. Um, so I want to yeah. kind of kick it off to the group and say, have you experienced this situation? And if you did, what were your what was your thought process and how did you kind of get through it? I mean, I, I've got a couple of good examples, but I also have a I would say a parenting faux pas where the pendulum swung the wrong way. Um, so I'm going to open with that one and then I'll go back to the what we do. Um, I have a friend who did not get to hug his grandson for over a year because mom said his daughter said, you're not allowed to touch the kid until the kid reaches out to you. And we're talking from an infant all the way up until he was almost 18 months before he went to grandpa. And mm -hmm. that was really hard for him because he had no relationship with, this little boy who was his only grandson for almost 18 months in the sense of he didn't have that. He didn't get to develop that relationship, right? Because mom wouldn't let anybody hold the baby. Mom wouldn't let like, it just didn't happen. It did for his wife, for whatever reason, the kid wanted to go to grandma, but mm -hmm. did not want to go to grandpa. And mm -hmm. that was really hard on their relationship. If that makes sense. And it's, I get it, right? She was saying, no, my kid has a bodily autonomy decision. But it, from my perspective, that was more harm than protecting her kid, right? Mm -hmm. Because he should have formed a good relationship with his grandpa from the very beginning. Um, now, that being said, if my kid doesn't want to go into somebody's arms, I don't put them in somebody's arms. But I got a little social butterfly, and she just wants to be held by everybody. So <laughs> it hasn't really been a concern. But we did have – I have an aunt who does not like to hug and does not like like kisses on the cheek and stuff like that. And it was one of those things where I had to teach my daughter the opposite. Like, no, she doesn't want that. You can't just mm -hmm. give her a hug, right? Like, 
ask and she'll do the whole like up oh, hug thing mm-hmm. anyway george it's a weird you? weird pendulum on that the a topic does that make sense yeah i think it comes down a little bit to like the spirit of the thing right so right. in that case like the daughter was so like committed to the the letter of the law about the thing that she basically made the grandfather suffer yeah. right so right um I'd, I'd say it depends too with the family member right is this family member a little abrasive creepy that kind of stuff mm-hmm. hey man he held uh, my kid before he held his own grandkids so <laughs> right yeah no so yeah. i'm saying like in this in this scenario like oh right. it's the aunt or whatever you know if your kid is genuinely just kind of nervous hey you know they're a little nervous let's let's wait a little while let them loosen mm-hmm. up and then we'll get a hug but you know i i think i err on the side of like it's my family i set the boundaries for my family you know Mm-hmm. And I don't really care if Aunt Susie thinks I'm too controlling or whatever. It's like you're you're not in right. this immediate family, you know. Like I'm right, sorry, yeah. but uh, so I, I always default to that of mm-hmm. you know whatever the standard that's set for for our home. That's and we we tell that hey we don't want our daughter eating this or we don't want you know I mean there's there's lots of things we set it with with <clears> other <throat> family members. Um, I just don't care if they think we're weird or whatever because at the end of the day, like I'm responsible for well-being of my family so um i i'm not so sure i'm also like real big into like the bodily autonomy thing when they're really young mm-hmm. and i think this comes down to to like how much are you modeling physical interaction like healthy hugging and, and you know what i mean like you mm-hmm. need to model that for them so they know it's comfortable but if someone is seriously just they're not comfortable with that person then you know maybe have a conversation with the kid if they're old enough or try to figure out what's going on there there may be something more mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm I think this is such a tricky yeah. topic Andrew? to toe because there's so many um it, it's such a subjective thing because everyone as parents we've all had different experiences some of us have very difficult upbringings where this becomes very you know um it, it, you know their experiences kind of trickle down to their kids and and they get very defensive because of what happened to them and they they want to shield uh, the you know they want to shield their kids from it uh whereas you know it, it you know for uh, for us maybe it, that, that picture might be different when it comes to like our kids though like listening to their bodies and, and and knowing when it's ready it's and that's that's also a tough thing i always kind of think about like the feeding aspect of it because like one thing that i learned from like feeding littles was just like um because the whole point of the course wasn't so much like here's how to get your kids to eat the whole point of the the real point of the course is here's how to get your kids to listen to their bodies so that they can effectively communicate when they're full or when they want to eat when they don't want to eat right and there are like a bunch of little tactics that they would have um but you know like the result a lot of it was just like do not force that extra bite don't like you don't do that you know just one more bite one more bite because what it causes is actually a negative Mm -hmm. relationship with food right and and becomes mealtime becomes a place of fear and stress rather than a place of uh community and and coming together and enjoyment right so uh, you know when we take parallel that to you know creepy uncle tom like trying to give you a hug and stuff like that that's that's harder for them to listen to because they're kids they're innocent they they can't delineate that that's i i feel like that body autonomy mm-hmm will come with time and experience as more as like as they're older and i know a lot of the listeners of this podcast have younger kids so it's kind of harder for that mm-hmm. that's kind of i feel like less of a kid thing and more of us as parents to just be that shield and to george's point like yeah 
you know, we make the decisions on, on, on their behalf until they can really fully understand what it is to kind of like reach out and give hugs and, and kisses or whatever. Uh, we have to be that shield. And if that's weird for, for you uh, and because like, you don't think that that's cool. I don't care because it's my kid off uh, when we did a different take, we talked about um, sleepovers and how um, I think, I think all of us are, are kind of opposed to that, to that, um, to that whole thing because of, of just what could potentially happen and our want to like kind of protect them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that those emotions kind of come from the same place. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll kick it back to Ben. Yeah. yeah and I, I think, you know, one of the things that, especially with our son, our son is very outgoing. Um, you know, like I said, we, in our sort of earlier chat, we have a lot of neighbors that, um, we're very close with that will watch them regularly. He's super comfortable with them. And even around them, you know, we walk into a party with a bunch of people and he's stuck to my leg. He wants to be picked up. And so I think it's about sort of holding that line and having that deep understanding of how your kids react in certain situations to certain people and being able to read them, right? That goes back to the idea of presence. Like if I'm not paying attention, I don't, understand what his reactions and interactions should look like under normal circumstances. So like I should be able to tell when he's nervous. I should be able to tell when he's, you know, upset or uh, not in sort of the right state of mind to say, you know what? Hey, we just walked in. He's, he's feeling a little uncomfortable right now. Why don't we, you're welcome to say hi, but like, we're not going to do hugs and anything like that right now. Um, And I think as long as you approach it, very sort of calmly and matter of fact, like this isn't something against you specifically. This is just the situation we're in right now. Um, you know, then, then be okay with that. And I think it's, it's really in your approach and then being consistent with those boundaries and consistent with your, uh, your understanding of how your kids are reacting and interacting. Gotcha. Well, um, Guys, we are coming up on time. We try to keep these at an hour, and um, I think we're actually going to do a good job here in a little bit. But uh, first, I, I do want to thank George, man, for for hopping on here. I really would encourage you guys to to check out their podcast um, if you guys do have a moment. Uh, we, as we like to wrap up, we do want to uh, just give a, a quick uh, nod to a, a Discord comment, just real fast. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it came in actually yesterday on our discord. Um, has anyone had issues with their newborn one week old, not pooping for a few days while being breastfed? His weight has dropped to just above 10%. Um, but seems to be leveling out. He seems a hundred percent fine. Otherwise not overly fussy or crying, strong suck and latch, strong movement everywhere, sleeping good, but also, uh, doing good responding to sounds and, and high contrast books. Should we be worried? Uh, we have an appointment in three days. Um, so just real quick answer there. Um, you'll, you'll be all right. Wait, someone already responded to this on discord. Andrew, right? Yeah, I already, I already laid this one out on discord for him and Prince Bougie actually laid it out for him, uh, as well. well. And mine was for, for the listeners, laid out audio. we did formula. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we did formula. Quick. We did not breastfeed. It's it. a whole thing mm-hmm. in our house. Um, we went five days at one point without a poopy diaper. And we were like really concerned. Now they 
end of day five, whenever that diaper came, that was a doozy of a diaper. Um, but it was a punami. It, it was a punami. <laughs> like I think it was our first official like blowout explosion. You're just going to the tub situation oh, the, um, between the shoulder blades. Yeah, like it was just everywhere. All right, so it happens. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it will even out. Our kids are now on like a once a day schedule for poops, mm-hmm. depending on what I feed them. Um, don't get too worried. They will gain weight. Uh, my, my pediatrician put it very simply, as long as food is going in and they are still urinating, they will poop eventually and really don't have to worry. And they're not gaining weight because in the long run, they will gain weight. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't stress too much on that one. Right. Yeah. Obviously if their stomach's hard, mm-hmm. right. If, if they won't, if they're crying all the time, then maybe medical attention. But if they got a soft belly and they're happy and they're just not pooping, life's good. Yeah. Let them go. <laughs> Our pediatrician said once a week. They're like, okay. most of the time, they're like, as long as they're pooping at least, you know, once a week, you're good. Um, yep. there you know, go. They just they and- get on weird schedules. Sometimes they don't poop for four or five days and then they explode all at once. Right. Well, it's guys, not fun. Uh, the explosion isn't good. That's no, no. Well, guys, they uh, make so- some great dad stories later, though. Yeah, yeah. they 100%. do. And Instagram videos, reels. No, don't do that. Oh, guys. Okay, so uh, the, yeah, the, Discord, <laughs> the Discord community is there for you guys to ask questions. Morning, Hopefully, we can content. get to world's worst TikTok <laughs> channel. <laughs> um, so, uh, again, sorry for the lag. I am on a lag, <laughs> so I'm talking over these guys. But um, if you guys do have medical questions, you know, we can always uh, share our experiences. But ask your pediatrician. They're going to be the main source of, of, uh, of knowledge there. Uh, but that, that's our two cents from our experiences. To wrap things up, um, you can always leave us a review, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple, wherever you get your listen. Uh, most recent five-star review came in from Chris Molina. All dads need to hear this advice. Love the content. Pushing the envelope for dads to be more involved and connected with their families. Enjoying the humor and all the trending topics they cover as well. So uh, thank you to that. But you know who else is doing that? George is doing that with his cast over at the Present Fathers. So go ahead and again, check that out. You're going to be able to find them in the show notes. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast. We send our heartfelt thanks to our sponsors. Nobody. Nobody's sponsoring this podcast, dude. So, um, uh, if uh, if uh, if you guys are new or expecting dads out there, just please remember uh, to explore the course over at dadverb.com. We've got valuable resources there, great PDF guides uh, in that course. Uh, we've got um, courses from pregnancy up through the first year of fatherhood. So, go ahead and check that out. And again, thank you to our guest, George, for joining us today. And uh, big shout out to Andrew. And uh, for running, for pulling the levers here in the background, and 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 Ben as well, uh, their socials are are going to be plugged down below. My name is Andrew. We're going to be signing off for now. And please remember to support by liking, subscribing, and turning on notifications on that YouTube channel. That'd be really, really appreciated. Uh, your feedback means the world to us. So go ahead and leave a comment. And until next time, keep batting out there, guys. We'll catch you later. Peace. All right. I that was the first time. I-